Hello and welcome to the Performing Animal Rights podcast series. My name is Ben Hunt. I am a researcher and performance artist currently doing a PhD at De Montfort University in Leicester in the United Kingdom. Thank you for joining me today. We've got a great conversation coming up with David Rams, who is a prolific animal rights activist, both offline and online. And he's really harnessed the online space with engaging social media posts and videos. And we're going to be talking about his videos today, particularly his satirical sketches he does, which are both humorous and informative and really engage big audiences, not just non-vegan audiences, but also vegan audiences as well. And we talk about that. We talk about the dual purpose of getting the animal rights message across in a creative way, but also acting as an outlet for vegans and vegan activists as well. So yeah, a very interesting conversation, which I hope you find value in. And if you do, please leave a review, share, subscribe. It really helps reach other listeners who might find this episode and this series interesting. All that's left to say is on with the episode. I'd just love to pick your brains about particularly the sketches you're doing. What originally compelled you to use satire and parody in your animal rights activism? Right. It's, it's funnily, it all, I mean, it's not funny. Well, I guess it should be funny if we're talking about <laughs> satire and comedy, but <laughs> the story's not that funny. I uh, I started like about um, some years ago. I, I, I saw all these ex vegan videos. So I think my first delve into it were was actually no before that my first ever delve into like making com- a comedy skit like a parody was one of my first ever youtube videos where i was i was i was back into into a fitness massively back then and it was my page was called skinny vegan fitness because i've always been a skinny guy and i was vegan and, and i was actually very much into fitness even though it didn't look like it uh, back then i was more running fitness so i was quite skinny but i could still do lots of stuff like calisthenics and things i was i've always been like strong versus my body weight i've always had that benefit um just even before being vegan just my whole life i've always been stronger than i looked so yeah uh, so i made this video where i was doing push-ups and i was talking about and i i could do a lot back then so i was just doing them like easily not not really out of breath and just talking about how hard it is to be vegan and that was like the first sarcastic skit i ever did and it went viral it got like a hundred thousand views or something crazy like and, and i only had a tiny channel and for some reason I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I, I just stopped doing skit videos. I, I don't know what it was. I, I guess back then I felt like, okay, this was fun, but it was just fun. I want to do more. I was inspired by Earthling Ed. I was inspired by Joey. I was inspired by the real hardcore shit. So like, you know, interviews and, and uh, doing information videos and education. And this is what I thought was the right thing to do in my head back then. And this skit video, yeah, it got viral, but that's not me. It's not what I do. So I, I moved on. The next time I made a skit, I think it was a pretending that I was quitting veganism video when all these I'm quitting veganism videos started popping up. And again, it was never the core. And uh, I can't, so I only really had like a scattered few comedy videos all the way up until I, it could, I could say even late last year, let's say mid to late last year. When I came across Lifting Vegan Logic, uh, who was another YouTuber, his name's Danny. And uh, he his most of his channel is sarcasm and comedy and skits. And I just realized like, wait a minute, this, and it was working for him. I saw how well it was going for him. And I just thought like, he's putting into action who I actually am in my private life, but I don't do that in my pro- uh, professional life. Why am I not doing that? And it just kind of gave me a slap in the face that I'm, I'm not really a, a lecturer. I'm not really this kind of person in real life. I'm more 
jokey, sarcastic. I make fun of people. Um, you know, I, I not in like a mean way, but you know, I'm happy to poke fun at people and, and be, be silly with people. And, and sometimes, oftentimes I do end up insulting people without meaning to, this is, but this is who I am, but I've never put it really into my videos. This guy's kind of seems like he's been so authentic and put in it. So I just got, got inspired and I thought, can I do that? Can I do my own brand of comedy and spicy comedy, you know, touching on potentially inappropriate because that's who I am. Would people like that? And would it, uh, you know, what would happen basically? Is it possible to do this and, and also do what I'm doing for the animals or does it have to be separate? Do I have to make a new channel that's all comedy? Uh, and, I, and I just thought, well, I reckon I can combine everything basically and, and um, go, that, go down that route. So then I did, I tried to put it into play to try to see if, if, it, if, the way, if there's a way to put like ethics, vegan ethics into comedy and it succeed, as in would people like it? Would it only get to vegans? Uh, would, it, would it potentially get non-vegans too? Like what would happen? And it was a bit of a trial and, and the trial was successful. So I carried on doing it. Like vegans seem to be very happy. It seemed to be keeping vegans stronger, you know, make, make them laugh so that they can keep on going and dealing with the horrible shit. And non-vegans come on and start arguing and getting triggered by it because usually it was about non-vegans, right? Usually I'm making fun of them. So it kind of, it was a win-win. You, you, you're kicking off conversations. There's a message in there that, that gets in without them realizing it because it's a comedy video and uh, the vegans get to have a laugh. So it felt like it just ticked every box that I was going for without trying to copy like Ed or Joey. They do what they do. I felt it was time for me to start doing what I do best. I wasn't putting into my professional life for some reason. We mentioned just at the end there about how it's kind of got a dual purpose of helping vegans with their strife, giving them a laugh and kind of giving them like appealing to their imagination. Like I do that. I think like when you have a conversation with someone on this, like if you do street outreach or online or whatever, and then you mm. go home and say, I wish I said that, or I wish I did this. Yeah. Or you watch an advert and you're like, that's like an advert for McDonald's. You're like, that's ridiculous. Like it's clearly propaganda. Right. And then you put that into an image of like, if you did a satirical advert or what, whatever, satirical version of what you're criticizing, it's, it really mm. kind of, it's like an outlet for the vegans, but then also you get the non-vegans. Do you find that you get more traffic for this, the sketches than you from non-vegans than you do from your commentary videos? Yeah, probably because I think vegans share those videos more. I couldn't put, I have not, I can't put a number on that. It's hard to tell. Obviously, unless someone's saying fuck vegans, then you can tell. But <laughs> ultimately, yeah, I think the most traffic I get from non-vegans is on videos where I am responding to a famous non-vegan. That, that's where I get the most non-vegans. So if I respond to a video by Mr. Beast or Sad Guru or Eckhart Tolle or Sam Harris or, you know, anyone who's like big and clearly not a vegan, not an anti-vegan necessarily, but they just, they just not interested or they've said some stupid shit about vegans. Uh, th that brings in the most non-vegans, which is why I do those videos quite regularly uh, to bring them in. The skits, I feel... I think a lot of non-vegans watch the skits but don't comment because I think sometimes that if you don't know what to say, maybe I, I, that's my int my intuition because all the vegans comment because vegans are like laughing. The, the non-vegans that do comment are the ones that get really angry, but I, I can't believe that every single non-vegan who watches it gets really mad. I think a lot of them would watch it and be silently kind of ashamed after watching someone rip into all the shit they're saying. Like if I watched a video about the same, if I watched a video about a vegan vegans and all the things vegans say, and I saw a lot of myself in it being made fun of, I wouldn't leave a comment. No. I would just, I would just be like, oh, okay, maybe I'd laugh. Maybe I'd like, that's kind of funny. And it'd go in, or maybe I'd be a bit like, oh, these are assholes. Fuck these guys. But either way, I, I would never leave a comment be like, oh, fuck you. I'd just move on. And I think most people fall into that middle category of like, this annoys me, but not enough to leave a comment. 
which actually I think is not good. If some, I, I want, I want every single person to be either so happy or so annoyed that they comment. Indifference is the worst space to be in. So when my, if I have a skit that doesn't cause enough, you know, engagement, uh, like it doesn't get enough comments and get enough people, let's say not mad, but passionate, then that's feedback for me that the next time push the line, you've not crossed, you're not even got close to crossing the line. With social media, you need to you need to do that if you want to break through the bullshit. You need to do something that's special, especially if you're a small channel. And usually that means you've got to get people emotional and passionate, whether it be for good or bad reasons. You've got to you've got to aim for one. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, yeah, the indifference thing and the polarization and trying to cause some spectacle. I suppose satire in a way kind of plays perfectly into that, doesn't it? Because it kind of pokes mm. fun and can cause outrage. The choice of satire, like you said before, it's like you kind of being more true to yourself and your personality is there any other thought behind choosing satire over anything else with sketches i mean did you grow up with a certain kind of comedy like satire or is it just the personality kind of fell into oh, that kind of that's a good question yeah i think i think I, when i was i'm trying to think growing up i don't think i really watched a lot of like comedy stuff really i just i just know the stuff that makes me laugh and i know that I know what gets people the most. I know what I like. Yeah, I think it's. I. I. I in my when I was growing up, I as I said, I tended to piss people off quite a lot and upset people without meaning to, because I would. I, I'm quite. I don't do sarcasm the American way as most British people don't. I do it the dry way, but I take it to like another level where people said they can't. They think I'm serious. Like I've said things before, where in my head I'm. I'm. Com this is a complete joke. It's such a ridiculous thing that I've said that I can't imagine anyone would think I was being serious. And I've had people spread rumors about things that I've said to him. He said this, and I'm like, are you, are you, you took, you, you thought that was serious. Like I, I say the most, I used to anyway, say the most ridiculous things just to see what people reacted like. But I thought it was clear for everyone that of course, that's not a real thing. So that's kind of how I grew up. And I don't, I don't go that quite that far in the skit comedy. Cause I, again, as people would probably not get the joke that you have to be quite clear with it being a joke. Like I just did a skit as like a mini one in the last video I did where this woman kicked and slapped a horse around the face in a video. And straight after the video, I was saying, I don't understand what's so wrong about this. Like, and I was doing like a real straight face. Like what, what's the problem here? What should the, the horse wouldn't get on the truck. So she slapped them around the face. Like what, why, where's the big deal? And I had to follow that up with a very clear message that this was not real. Like, I bet you hate me right now. Don't you, you should was the next thing I said. Right. So if, but if I didn't follow up with that, you know, so someone might pause right there and go and tell everybody that, you know, David said this, whereas if I did it with a different type of sarcasm, like I'd say Ryan Reynolds sarcasm, who, who's like very well known for it, then it would, no one would pause it and share the clip. They would, they would probably, you know, get it straight away. So I've always had that issue of this brand of sarcasm and satire sometimes cuts a bit too close to the bone for people to understand it's satire, but that's just, that's yeah, I guess to answer the question, it, it just came out and it's always come naturally to me. And that is my brand of doing it. And, uh, I don't plan on changing it, even though, even though people will most likely get the wrong end of the stick. I mean, that's the way it is. I'm not Ryan Reynolds, right? So <laughs> he does it his way. People do it that way. I do it this way. And yeah, it gets me in trouble, but so be it <laughs> for that example of that did you have to write that in as a script as in like to check yourself oh. and go i'm gonna say this but then because you, you planned it you go, well i've got to say this as well did it was it right scripted or did you just yeah scripts yeah it was, it was scripted but i didn't script it with the with the intention of okay here's what i need to do so people don't get upset i scripted it with the intention of uh here's what here's what i need to set how i need to set this up so that i can i can follow up with the the real point i want to make so that I never really write 
things down with the with the intention of like, oh, I don't want to upset people. I usually write things down with the intention of this is going to really upset people because I want people to be, I want, well, not upset, but I want people to be react. I want, this is going to get a reaction. That's how I'm writing. Like this is going to get people to say something. And um, usually I don't have to try too hard because that's just the things that I think I, I have to actually filter out most of them, to be honest, uh, and keep things out rather than think of things to put in. That's what I mean. That's what I mean when I said I wanted to be more authentic with the skits, more authentic with the content is that I have all of these thoughts, these very controversial and, you know, oftentimes, let's say, triggering ideas and I've been discussing it with Danny with Lifting Vegan Logic and our podcast, which we're doing soon about how we both have these really, really tough ideas that we probably can never execute. So it's more a case of filtering out the the worst and leaving in the uh, the ones that, are, okay, this is probably going to get a reaction because um, that's, again, once again, like that's social media. You, you've, if you're not getting a reaction, you're not, you're not going to, your videos or your content is going to go nowhere. You, you need, people need to react either positively or negatively or both. Most, mostly both when you do this kind of skit. <laughs> it's interesting um, talking about social media and like YouTube channel. And, and I know your background is a lot of outreach, talking to people on the streets. Do you find that with the outrage stuff, with creating this kind of more of a, a reaction, does it have to be even more punchy and more reactive on the internet to get more traction than it would be yeah. just to stand in the streets with it with slaughterhouse footage? Right. So when, when you're on the street with slaughterhouse footage, the footage itself is enough because it's real life and people are walking and they're not expecting to see that. So you've already done the big smack in the face that you don't really, I mean, you could do more. Obviously there are people who've gone out there with like fake animals and pretended to kill them and that's to grab attention, for example. Um, but yeah, usually the slaughter footage or, or the footage from Dominion, Land of Hope and Glory, stuff like that is enough to capture attention. But on the internet, that you are fighting with literally billions and billions of of competition uh, competitive competition videos competitor videos competitor uh things like not even just videos if somebody is just has something on them might go shopping and th stuff like that they, they can do anything they want at the laptop right so you have to your thing has to compete with so so much so yeah just like a video of what animals go through it's not enough on the internet uh, whereas in real life it is I wouldn't say necessarily it needs to be shocking. It needs to just, you need to capture people's attention. And whether that be with a, a good thumbnail and title, which it most, most, almost always is, or the video is just so good by itself that people are sharing the hell out of it. But the thing is, they won't, they won't even click it without the thumbnail and title. So really, what, what really is the selling point isn't the video, it's the thumbnail and the title combo and, and if that works. But yeah, it needs to stand out. It needs to cut through the bullshit. Today's video I just made, which is, was about hench herbivore, uh, well, it wasn't about hench herbivore. It was about a an article that was saying that hypermasculine vegan men might be making men not want to go vegan. That would not have sold as a title and thumbnail. The same way if I did a skit that was uh, I don't know some skit about something, and then this I if the thumbnail was just if the title was just like making fun of non-vegans in a skit, and then the thumbnail was just something mundane. No one's clicking it, even if the skit's amazing. So it, it, it's a really about, you've got to package it up properly. That's how you cut through the bullshit on the internet. But uh, in real life, you don't have that issue at all. As long as, well, you've got to package it up as in, you have to look professional, like stand still, look forward, hold the laptop. If you're chatting and smoking and on your phone, then uh, you know people might not be as likely to take you seriously. So yeah, the package is important in both cases, I'd say. You said at the beginning, you did a, you did a skit ages ago. Looking back, is there a certain 
have you changed your approach to creating your sketches is there have you started to focus on certain things and not other things or does it feel quite consistent uh yeah uh i think well that the the quitting veganism videos are always just they're just a classic i've got i've already i've already got another one of those being edited right now so like they're, they're like a almost bi-yearly or more like every six months i just do one but um, aside from that, yeah, things have changed a lot because the skits that I'm doing now are way more advanced, like inserting myself into an existing movie. Like I, I inserted myself into Goodwill Hunting. Uh, I've inserted myself into um, Roadhouse, which is one that's coming up. Um, Squid Game. Uh, I've got ideas to do The Matrix. I've got ideas to do... Uh, I want to do a Marvel movie, actually, because Spider-Man's coming out in December, and I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that new one. So I, I kind of... That's that's an interest for me. So it helps me combine my interest with work and veganism and in a natural way rather than just making a video saying, hey, guys, I'm really excited to see Spider-Man. Everyone's like, what the fuck does that have to do with veganism? You know, so I can do a skit, which is cool. I'm just trying to, you know, I, I'm trying to think of scenes. So nowadays what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do more of those because I find them to be really, I'm inspired by this TikToker called uh, Semi Stupid who does a lot of this. And uh, it, it looks so good. I'm inspired by that guy. And I'm inspired by Slappers Only, which is a comedy channel. And both of these have really pushed me my to, to try new things and try new kind of complex skits, but with my sarcasm and my dry wit. So that's that's changed a lot. Back when I was first making skits, I wasn't following or watching any comedy YouTubers or anything like that. I was just doing what I thought was funny. Since then, I've read I've read books about comedy writing and, you know, what makes a joke funny. And then I'm watching other comedy YouTubers. And so a lot has changed, definitely. Um, the way the, the entire approach has changed and, and the entire, yeah, everything has changed. The entire, every, every, every element of making a skit has changed from three years ago completely. It's so much better now. How long does yeah. it take you to, on average, to create a, a skit? So this is a weird thing. There's, there's no actual time on it because the Squid Game one, I wrote it in 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. Like I wrote out what I was going to say, maybe less. I filmed it in about 20 minutes, edited it and finished it in about, I don't know, two hours. Like it, it was so fast because I've gotten used to the green screen now and I can match the colors. I've, it's taken literally years, years and hours and hours and hours of YouTube videos to get to the point where it's, I know how to color match, know how to green screen, know how to, you know, speed up all the keyboard shortcuts and all the things that just cut off time off an edit. So that one was easy, but then you know, sometimes it takes longer because it's a more complicated skit. It's got multiple characters. So I need to write out each character and then I need to make sure it's done properly because if I'm filming it and I've fucked up between two characters, then in the editing room, I'll have to remove like a whole section if I mess up. So those ones, when it's all me, like me talking to me, talking to me, they, they take a lot longer, right? That takes a lot more time. But when it's just inserting myself into Squid Game, well, it's only one character that I have to cover. Everyone else is already in there. They've, all the filming is done. It's almost like three quarters of the video is done. I just need to film my bits. And that makes things a lot faster and easier. So it completely depends, to be honest. But I'd say in general, it takes like maybe a couple of days. Like if, you, if I was to give you an average, maybe maybe two, two to three days now. Whereas in the past, it would be like a whole week, maybe even longer. But the longer you do this, the faster it gets. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, you, as, as you as an activist, um, as animal rights activist, do you feel like while when you're creating these sketches and doing your other work with your commentary stuff and do you feel like you're on the trajectory to i'm trying to frame this right because i always feel as as a vegan activist myself and people i know are in my in my circles or whatever yeah. it always feels like i'm not doing enough 
right yeah of course yeah, yeah just like this constant kind of what else can i do what is the more i can do what's the most effective thing i can do where are you on that scale of like you said before with that you felt like you felt you're being more yourself online now because you're yeah. bringing more your personality where are you on that scale of as an activist how do you feel mm. it's a bit it's a bit of a harsh question but how do you feel you do for as it. an activist yeah yeah so so it's it's the way i kind of view this is i feel like i i i have put in more than enough of my time and more than enough of my my literal my body into hard hard activism as in i mean that as in the literal definition of activism i mean that as in investigating slaughterhouses investigating farms across india across europe uh, did that for you know well over a year and practically destroyed myself right so um and the outreach i was on doing that on a weekly basis at one point uh for, for a very long time so in my head the way i see it is like the, what i'm doing right now can i can i comfortably say oh this is this is the best activism out there absolutely no definitely not there's way more there's way loads of different things i could be doing would they be sustainable for me no because i i i the political activism side of things i'm just it would be too big of a learning curve and frankly i'm i'm just i just don't have the passion for politics and and lobbying i just don't have it it's not me i'm not a, my attention to detail with that kind of shit's terrible um it's not me it doesn't fit so i would be i would be torturing myself doing something like that for example even though it would be probably more effective than what i'm doing now but luckily there are people out there who are like literally trained and have spent their whole lives obsessing over you know facts and numbers and remembering things great that's for them not for me i've always been terrible at exams and stuff like that it's, it's a nightmare then you could say all well, the outreach stuff well i'm still doing that the only difference between now and before is that there's, there's not much outreach going on here <laughs> if there was outreach here every week i'd be out every week filming right so that that's just a location thing anytime there's outreach happening and we're we're free i.e we don't have an interview set up or something like that like uh, we, we we go and we film so that's still going on and as for the investigations and and the slaughterhouse work this is where the, the answer to this question gets interesting so the last fundraiser i did i was trying to raise funds for a project that we're going to do which is going to involve an actual building a documentary from europe with footage from europe of what's happening to animals so this is more of like a serious project not obviously not the comedy side of things but i raised 1000 over 1300 dollars for that project in my last live stream would I have been able to raise that without a year of me being myself online and doing comedy and skits and actually, fuck no. I wouldn't have had half the subscribers or half the support. The only reason I've got all that support and people behind me is because I've been so authentic and throwing caution to the wind and saying, you know what, fuck the being like this uppity professional kind of character. Like, oh, I can't swear on streams. I shouldn't swear on my channel. I shouldn't tell people they're fucking idiots because this isn't professional. And I said, no, fuck it. This is where I'm going to, this is me. If they don't like it, and no one likes it i'll close my youtube i'd rather have no youtube than be fake so thanks to that decision we were able to raise a lot of money and even get some large um donors actually contacted us as well and you know so it's that would not have happened without this so on the surface to answer your question it doesn't look like what i'm doing on youtube is really like oh the most the most effective but who can say those is right but i would say no it's probably not but behind the scenes well maybe it fucking is if i'm able to raise that large sums of money to make documentaries then you could say yeah maybe it is actually effective then because look at the long term not the short term and and uh then there's more of an argument to say okay maybe this is a good path but i've not really put too much focus on that because i kind of hung the activist hat up mostly like i've actually said before like 
to people, I wouldn't refer to me as an activist because this, the YouTube is not activism in my head. It's, it's more, it's not, I wouldn't say it's quite that. I'd feel a little bit kind of, I know technically it is. I know technically all good posting about veganism, talking about veganism is activism. I get that. But I would feel a little bit like if I was in a room full of ALF people or hunt sabs, I'd feel uncomfortable about saying, oh, hey, here's David. He's an activist. I'd say, no, no, you guys are activists. <laughs> I am not the activist in this room. But if I was in a room of people who never talk about veganism, then I'd be, yeah, I would be the activist. So I guess it's kind of subjective as well, you know. But I would never, never stand next to a hunt stab and say, I'm also an activist. Because I, do, I don't do anything like, you know, uh, right now I'm not putting my body on the line like they are, even though I have done in the past, right? So... Yeah, it's quite, it's a complicated yeah. answer to a to a complicated question. Really, it's not black and white, is it? No, it's not. And I suppose you, you raise a really good point. Is if you you doing what's authentic to you? Like as a, if you're a hunt sub, you've chosen to do that specifically. Like I know hunt subs who would hate the idea of doing an anonymous voices or outreach stuff, mm -hmm. just talking to people. But they love the idea of just wearing a balaclava and annoying uh, hunters. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Which I love versa. the idea of, by the way. I love the idea yeah. of that too. I, I have tried to do it. Uh, a couple, I've tried to do it. Every time I'm in the UK, I try and set it up. But the last two times, um, I, on the same day, it's been crazy coincidental that um, I've done two rescues on the same day as they were going to go out all the night before. And then obviously, when you do a rescue, you're out till like fucking 3 a.m. So it's not like I'm going to get up at six after three and go to a hunt sab, right? So it's really funny how both times, coincidentally, that's what we were doing instead. But that would, yeah, I, I also, I would like to go out and do that. But you're right, yeah. And, and a lot of hunt subs would fucking despise what I'm doing too. But I've had feedback that a lot of hunt subs actually really like, especially when I'm making fun of, I made a video making fun of vegans and there's, I'm making fun of hunt subs in it. And apparently that went down really well with a lot of hunt subs, which I was really shocked about. I was super worried about that because I, I totally respect them, at least the ones who aren't assholes, which unfortunately I have met, met a few. But I do, in general, I respect the organization overall. And I thought, oh God, I hope they don't take this as a diss because it's not. It's just, it's just funny. It's just comedy. But apparently that went down pretty well. So yeah, but it's you're right. It's um, I can I can see why some people would hate it, and I can see why some vegans hate hate the sabs too. Like I, I, it's it's all subjective in what people think is right and wrong. Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have like a we can't just like put our objective truths about these things without people disagreeing and and trying to make it you know the wrong thing or the right thing or whatever. Yeah. Which is frustrating because we're all trying to do the same thing, but then we're disagreeing on what is the best way. Do you, right. um, I, I, that kind of goes to the point about comedy and vegans, because mm -hmm. as vegan activists or vegans or whatever animal rights activists that we kind of absorb a lot of suffering, like secondary trauma, kind of witnessing the trauma of the, of the non-human animals um, suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to hear your point of view on, sense of humor in vegans and whether we either we need it which but definitely we need it but also yeah are we are we lacking it in our activism <laughs> are we lacking sense of humor in our activism i think vegans have a great sense of humor when it comes to laughing at non-vegans i think they're great at that like i've never met a vegan who can't do that most vegans can point and laugh they they, they find it really hard to point and laugh at themselves it's really like the, there is this definite kind of stuck up element of, of being a vegan that comes with a lot of vegans that they're incapable of laughing at something they've said or done or when someone makes fun of them, they can't let it go. It gets very serious very quickly, but that's not exclusive to vegans. That's exclusive to pretty much every kind of activist movement about any cause. 
taking themselves too seriously because the cause is serious. This is a this is a, something we have as well. When someone makes fun of vegans and it's something that's like a comedian and it's actually funny, a lot of vegans will go straight to being offended rather than saying that's actually a funny joke. Obviously, if they're just saying something like vegans eat grass, okay, no, it's not funny. But if they've got like a good joke, a good witty joke, and it's it's at our expense, I mean, wh why? What's wrong with laughing at that? You, no animal dies because you laughed, right? <laughs> if anything, like I got pranked, for example, and it was it was really bad um, by Jadeon, who's this huge YouTube prankster. We um, I made a video about him because he went into a vegan restaurant, cooked meat, and I was I was like, right, that's fucked up. So I made a video, basically just kind of rip it into him. He called me up on Instagram. This guy has a million subs, by the way. I Super famous. Called me up on Instagram. I was like, oh, this has to be like a fake account or something. Nope, it's him. Video calling me. Better chat. Nice guy. He was like, I totally agree with what you said in the video. I should have used Beyond Meat. Um, I should have tricked them. That would have been so much funnier. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. Do you want to do a lot? I said, do you want to do a stream with me and get into it? He agreed. We got on the stream. What's he doing? He's cooking a fucking burger on a grill. So I'm like, right. Uh, is it fake? Is that, is that an impossible burger? No, no, no. It's meat, man. It's meat. And he was being a total jerk. Now, like, the option I've got here is to either go off on a rant and, and do, like, a Joey-style rant on him, like, just an abused animal. Not that Joey's great, by the way. I'm just saying this is the angle I could have gone for, right? That's an abused animal. You, what the fuck are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. But I chose to... Um, I knew there was an audience. People are watching. And I knew that that would not help any animal. It would. It was his audience, and it would segregate us again, which is something we do to ourselves quite a lot. We segregate ourselves from society in bad ways a lot of the time, sometimes good ways, but mostly bad, I think. And this would have been one of those times where me kicking off would have segregated us in a bad way. So I decided to just to make fun of him and and, and 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 try and embarrass him. And like I was laughing. I was like, oh, man, you were on the phone earlier. You were such a nice guy. Now you're doing this. What a, what a dick, man. What a total asshole you are. And I was like, you know, and he was he didn't really know what to do. And then and then eventually he revealed that it was an impossible burger and it was a prank. Now, imagine if I'd have been like, you fucker, you fucking fuck you. Duh, duh, duh. And then he's like, dude, it's impossible. Boom. I would have looked such a fucking fool. You know, it would have been really embarrassing for me. All of, all of the rest of the video, people would have been saying, this guy's a dick. He insulted you at the beginning. He was so angry. Like, fuck this guy. He can't take a joke. And then nobody would have listened to when I actually spoke about animals because of the way it did go. And I showed I had a sense of humor. And I, I tried to get past the fact that he, at that point, I thought he was cooking a dead animal for the sake of, for the sake of having a more productive conversation and trying to, like, come off the the you know with a successful video here i wanted a success i didn't want to come off being an angry asshole changing no one and in the end we had a full conversation and all the comments from his fans were saying this vegan made some great points this vegan did really well he took it really well in the beginning and then he made some great points all the way through like hundreds and hundreds of people like this video got like almost a million views so so just that was just an example of one occasion where controlling your emotions and and laughing at something that maybe isn't funny this in this case it wasn't funny but um sometimes just kind of keeping it together and, and just whatever going with it for the sake of being able to have a productive and change that person in the long run can be worth it but i, I find a lot of vegans and, and i'm included we find that really difficult to take a hit for the sake of the of the of the going forward right like if you sat at the dinner table and uncle dickhead makes a joke um, at your expense, if you kick off, everyone at the table is like, that's it, you've closed them, they're, they're, they're done. Whereas if you make fun straight back at him, at Uncle Dickhead, then everyone laughs and you're the one, you're the hero. And then, you know, it, 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 can, it helps, basically.
But then there are times where you should kick off as well. Like, you know, there are times where it's like, you know, someone needs to be told, fuck you. It, uh, I think, but I think we, I think most of us end up with the fuck you too quickly without actually gauging whether it's the right, the, the right reaction. Right. Is there a, is there an ethical, uh, uh, not ethical, well, for you, is there a line you, you draw with comedy and stuff with the, an, with the animal in mind? Is there a line there yes. where you're like, I won't use comedy when it's talking about the, the animal involved? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Like, I'm not, I, I, I am definitely, um, to be totally honest with you, I've definitely hardened up and I'm quite cold to a lot of the abuse um, because I've seen so much of it. So it's, it doesn't, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I, I still like tear up and I, and I was still cry at some particularly nasty things. I think I am a little bit more hard up after all the stuff I filmed. And when you spend so many hours in the editing room watching it again and again and again and again, you end up just being so. So I have to be do have to be careful. But um, I've never I've never crossed that line ever where I've actually made fun of an animal because it feels wrong. Like I still have that instinct of this isn't right. Like, for example, I came very close at one point with um, a video where I was it was a cow court skit. So it was a it was me as a lawyer. Uh, representing the cows in court to to against an opposition lawyer who was arguing that we need to keep taking the milk and I was re I'm representing the cows so the cows would like to put forward the case that we stop taking their milk so this was touching that line a little bit because I felt a little bit sometimes like am I making light of what they go through here but then it, it wasn't because it was just a vessel to get the what happens to cows across that that's what I saw it as in the end but it was close. That's the closest I've been where I felt a little bit uncomfortable. And then we talked it through, like, am I, am I mocking what's happening to them? And it's like, kind of, kind of, but no, because you, you're accurately representing what happens to them, but it's just in, in a skit context that could be seen as funny, but it's real. It's not, it, you know, that bit is real and, and the, the clips on the screen showing it and stuff. So it's, so yeah, you're totally, it's a good, it's a fair question. And I've never, that's the closest I've been to crossing the line. And I don't think I would, I don't think I would, would ever accidentally cross it. You know, it's not, I never mock what happens to the animals. I, I would, I mock the stupid shit people say, and maybe I would like even closer than that. I would sarcastically maybe say, oh, because, you know, shoving animals on a truck and killing them is just such a lovely thing to do. Those pigs want to be killed. I'd say things like that for sure. Cause that's sarcasm, right? Even though that's that's kind of touching the line you mentioned as well. But yeah, it's a good question. And, and I, I, again, I don't feel like I have to keep it really at the forefront of my mind because I, I, I intuitively, I, I, I find that line when I get to it, like with that cow skit, that's the first one I've been close to and I've not come close since. So pretty much on top of that, I think. Yeah, there's interest yeah. in the cow skit because I, I didn't feel at all, because it was in a court as well, it's very much stating the facts. So it's kind of more, mm -hmm. it's kind of more of a like a, talking through what happens in quite a sober way which again that's kind of what we do in outreach isn't it we say this is what right. happened. I, I also um i'd say what also comes close to the line is when i really don't agree with activists taking dead animals out into the street for protests or, or animals in general for protests because i think it, it's like it's so hypocritical to say hey we should stop using animals and then to take and use alive or dead animals for protests it's like it, you, you, what are you doing you don't need them yeah it's shocking but killing a pig on the street would also be shocking why don't you do it well because you know there is killing a pig right okay so so don't don't bring don't don't just leave animals out of it like use the videos use the photos use but like leave them dead or alive leave them out of our protesting leave them where they are safe 
or peace, right? Yeah. I just, I just, I've never really got, I've never really, the alive thing is it much easier to argue against um, that the, when they're dead, a lot of people get really pissed with me for sharing this opinion. I think that's just crossing a line completely, taking a dead body out for a protest. I just, I won't, I, I think it's hypocritical, yeah, to, to be yeah. going out and using animals like that. It is interesting. And again, part of my research is kind of hoping that we use more creative methods to get mm. the animal's body, like the animals in the space without actually bringing them into the space through creative right. practices and stuff like that. How you feel when you're creating these sketches? Like, can you pinpoint any emotions when you create them and then you post them? Can you mm. think of that, that emotional process maybe? Yeah. So when I'm when I'm making the newest ones, like um, like the the Squid Game one, which was pure comedy, that wasn't even that that had no ethical message to it at all. It was just silly. But with other ones that have more, with that one that was just hilarious. I just I was just editing it, thinking, oh my god, this is going to be so funny. Uh, when I'm finished, I hope it looks like good. I think um, I think once I, when I'm making this skit, uh, I'm just thinking like I don't really have much emotion when I'm filming it. It's just acting. I just tr I'm just trying to get into a character and get the lines right. Make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do with my face, my hands, you know, like that's just pure acting. I've never had any lessons in that. I'm just trying to like do what I think's right. Um, so step before that, when writing it, I get excited. Uh, usually when I come up with an idea, I'm like, oh, this is exciting. I'm now I, I'm, the words just fall off. Like writers say that sometimes I'm not a writer, but I feel like one when I'm right, when I'm into a skit, like it just goes, 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 goes. And later on, I have to tidy it up once I've just, you know, verbally diaried all the words onto the page and i'm like right, i need to go back over this is too much so that's kind of fun filming it is usually quite stressful to be honest because i just want to get it right and i'm not i'm filming myself so it's not like i have some videographer who's going to take care of all this for me like i'm the actor producer director uh, lighting assistant <laughs> like everything right so green screen attendant whatever the fuck there if there's that exists so that's usually quite stressful because i got to remember everything like the audio as well and if, if you forget one part of it, it fucks the whole, you have to refilm the whole thing. So that's quite stressful. The editing is, is a lot of fun because then I get to, I, I love colors. That's what I, I love playing with colors and making something look like it was from the same movie or just making it look really good, like putting a background in, like if it's just a skit, not from a movie and getting the background looking really cool, like real. I really enjoy that. And then posting it. Um, yeah, so there's usually quite a lot of anxiety when posting them because uh, I, I like it. I know I like it and, and I'm confident that's why I've got it ready to go and I'm, I'm happy. But then, you know, next thing is, is anyone else going to like it? Um, I don't get worried usually about what people are going to think, um, as in if they're going to be upset. I, I'm more worried about like, oh, I hope I hope people enjoy this because um, I, I most of my skits are not going to. I don't think they're. I, I, can't, I mean, I know, I know they'd, imagine, they'd probably upset non-vegans, but that really doesn't bother me. Um, I guess what more bothers me is if I, if I ever upset people that actually support me, that, 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 that bothers me, but I don't think any skit would do that. So yeah, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of thoughts and emotions when posting it. It's pretty, it can be pretty intense for sure because it's, you know, you're putting something out to the world and it's, uh, you know, you're just wondering what's going to happen next. But I guess say the, the most enjoyable bit of it is definitely the, the writing and editing parts and the filming and posting are the more stressful parts <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Cause I, I can imagine for some people, it might be the opposite where it's quite arduous. So you want to get it done and then post it's like a relief, but it's nice to know that you really enjoy the process as well, which is right. Right. Yeah. It's definitely not a relief. No, it's just, then it's just more <laughs> stress. Cause then you're like, Oh fuck, is it doing well? Do people like it? Was it a complete waste of time? It took me like 
you know, maybe it's a more advanced one, took a, it took a couple of days and then no one gives a shit, which is some of my older videos took fucking ages and, and they really didn't hit it off. Um, so it can be pretty brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it can be pretty nasty. Have you, um, have you felt, have you felt like you've relaxed a bit more with the process then? Because it felt like you were putting way too much effort into it and then you're not getting the yeah. traction. Hell yeah. 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 Once I did like, I did like two videos that took a long time a very long time. And then when I realized I just kind of got this, I got this like realization that my channel is not big enough for me to spend that long on one video. And, uh, that's just something I've got to accept unless, unless I know for a fact that, that it will kick off. Like, for example, if I'm going to make a video dissing Mr. Beast, um, then maybe I can spend more time on it. But as it happens, that video took one day I filmed, I scripted, filmed and edited in one day because it was urgent. It was a, you know, it was a current topic and that, that's the, that got went viral. I think it's at like, I don't remember like over 150,000 views now and it's only been up like a week or two. So it just depends. Um, if you know, if you've got an idea that you know is going to be an absolute banger, but it's, and it's not time sensitive, then spend longer on it. If you, if you've got an idea that's time sensitive and you just, you, doesn't, doesn't, you can't spend long. Yeah. So just, it all depends to be honest. Totally depends. Yeah. Fab. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing your insight. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and any other episode of this series or the whole series, please do leave a review, share, subscribe, all the good stuff so we can reach as many people who would find it valuable as possible. There's more to come, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and goodbye.